Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Atlanta Man podcast and baseball is back and I'm with Evan Etheridge and we're about to talk about this first series of years with the Braves, talk about some Hawks and Falcons at the back end, but baseball's back. We didn't get to record last week, so we didn't really get to, I don't know, anticipate the season. So we just got to jump right in three games in. Um, how you doing, man? How you feeling so far about the season? Because it got off to a pretty good start. Yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I know we missed last week. Um, but we came back at the right time. Uh, baseball's back, man. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's going to be a great week with some more Braves baseball. You got the Masters going on. So, you know, exciting times here in Georgia. And, uh, yeah, yeah, took two out of three against the Nats. So, you know, I, I'd call that opening series a success for the Braves. Yeah, um, I would too, especially with just how the past few years have gone on opening day. This was their first opening day win since 2018 when Nick Markakis hit that walk-off homer. So it's been a long time since they won on opening day. And, you know, mix in there with those two times the Phillies swept us on opening day or opening weekend, I guess. And that sucked. But that didn't happen. They go into to Nationals Park. They take two out of three, uh, winning the first two and dropping game three on Sunday. But uh, we can start off with game one. Uh, main story coming out of this one is Max Freed is going to go on the IL with a hamstring strain. Hamstring strain. That's hard to say. But um, that sucked. That was about like in the fourth inning when that happened. It was a very cold day in Washington, so I wonder if that had anything to do with it, if he just wasn't fully loose out there. But, yeah, just going to cover uh, first base on a grounder to Matt Olson and just kind of tweaked it and um, didn't look like anything serious. He tried to stay in but just couldn't, so probably going to miss a starter too. So we'll get the bad news out of the way. What do you think about that? Because that kind of just sucked open the season like that, but he's probably going to miss a couple starts at the most, I think. Yeah, I always have a little PTSD. Um you know, when Freed goes over to cover first because of what happened in the World Series. Um, but, yeah, this one was kind of weird. It, it looked pretty standard. Uh, everything was, you know, fine, got the out. And then and then when he turned back to to go back to the mound, he kind of just grabbed it at his, at, at his hamstring a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just kind of weird. You know, I don't think it was, you know, a tear or anything to be super concerned about for the long term. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to miss a start or two. Um, and, and and this was really the only bad thing that happened that game. Like, you know, um, you know, we get the win and, and and you look back and you're like, well, man, we lost Freed. So, you know, um, you know, it, you know, it sucks losing Freed this early. Um, but but hopefully it's it's not for too long and he can come back. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think it'll be anything long term, hopefully. I mean, if he if what they're saying is true and what they're leading us on to is true, is that it's He'll probably be back in a week or so, a couple weeks or so. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, it's the beginning of the year. Guys are still getting stretched out anyway. And they're not going super deep in the game, so it's not like a huge issue. But still, like, the Braves are going to have to fill a spot now because we'll talk about uh, these guys in a second. Schuster and Dodd are already in the rotation. So it's going to be – I think Bryce Elder is going to be the guy because I think he's lined up to take Freed's slot in the rotation. Um, and the only other option was really Ian Anderson who got – shelled yesterday in Gwinnett and he's not on track to um, start that day so I think it's gonna be Elder called up they haven't put Freed on the IL yet so um, I guess they're just waiting for a slot to come around to do that but we can talk about the game now um, and it was good good win um, seven to two pretty dominant from start to finish never really felt threatened in this one uh, kind of a I don't want to say it was boring but from about the second to the ninth it was just um, not much going on <laughs> 
on either side. Uh, you know, day games in Washington are not my favorite as far as vibes go. So that might have been part of it too. But um, yeah, I mean, wasn't anything super flashy. They kind of just dinked and dunked him to death. Wasn't a lot of home runs where the Braves or extra base heads. So we had two doubles. That was it. But um, yeah, they're making things happen. Acuna had two hits. Olsen had two hits. Travis Darno with a four for five game to start the season. Yeah, big game. Big game out of him. Yeah, he was great. Ozzy had two hits. So a lot of guys with multi-hit games. Um, Freed, like I said, was pitching pretty well until he had to leave. Three point one innings pitch and one earned run. But um, after that, the bullpen came in, did pretty good. He only gave up one run for the rest of the game. We'll take that. And yeah, just kind of start to finish. Patrick Corbin continues to be just probably the worst pitcher in baseball. Man, uh, he, yeah, like that's it, bad. He threw eighty five pitches in three innings, which <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do. But um, credit to the Braves, they see him a lot and they know how to approach him. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on the game as a whole? Because it was just a nice and easy start to the season, really. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid win, you know, up and down the lineup. Everybody was doing their job. Uh, shout out to Travis Darnold. You know, he he had a phenomenal opening game, um, you know, at, at DH. And so, you know, you kind of you kind of look to see what he can do in the DH slot when when Murphy's playing behind the plate. Um, you know, he's going to be fresh and, uh, you know, you know, interchanging those two at DH is going to be is going to be an awesome combination for the Braves. Yeah. And I mean, Darno, um, he's always been a solid hitter. He's actually been playing a lot more than um, Murphy. Murphy's not starting again tonight against the Cardinals. Um, so Murphy out for two of the first four games. Makes me think that he might be like a little banged up. That's just kind of odd. But because there, Ozuna's still in there, you know. So I don't know. Maybe something's up with Murphy we just don't know about. But I found that a bit interesting that, um, you know, it's kind of been leaning towards Darno so far to start the season. I thought it'd be Murphy. He was the big offseason acquisition. But um, anyway, we can, we can talk about that more later. Uh, move on to game two which this was another dominant win, but this one was a lot more flashy, I guess you could say, with all the mm -hmm. homers. Cunha and Olsen start the game off with back-to-back -back homers, which is just awesome to see. Hopefully that happens a lot more times this year than uh, I could see it happening. Um, Ozuna hit a bomb in this one, then Olsen hit another one later in the game, a opposite field shot, and that's really all they needed. They won 7-1. to one. They didn't give up a run until the ninth inning in garbage time pretty much. No 7 nothing. Just absolutely dominated Josiah Gray. Um, Strider made his debut, and he was very good. Six innings pitched, zero earned runs, nine Ks. Take that every time. Like <laughs> it's just um, it's easy for him, and uh, it is the Nationals, which you kind of got to put that asterisk. But still, great way to start the season for him because um, he looked he looked like Spencer Strider. So, yeah, not not ton to talk about because they just kind of dominated these first two. But um, what were your what were your thoughts? Yeah, the long ball was 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 working in this game for the Braves. Uh, Strider was phenomenal. You know, I love to see the number 99. That was really cool to see. Uh, yeah. he, he was, he was pitching like him too, man. He had that fastball working fastball slider, just, you know, he'll two pitch you to death. And it's really, really cool to see a guy like that who, who, who you know, mainly has two pitches and, and can just dominate like that. Um, yeah, you know, everybody had a hit, but Eddie Rosario in this game. And so, you know, good day for the Braves lineup. Good day for, uh, <clears throat> the pitching staff bullpen was awesome um yeah just a dominant win like you said yeah i mean starting off the season outscoring the nationals um 14 to 3 in the first two games pretty good pretty good plus 11 run differential to start the season so that's always good but uh things did not go as well in game three um they lose four to one and uh jared schuster made his debut and boy he had a rough rough first inning um but he was 
credit to him because he settled in and pitched pretty well and got into the fifth inning, which was something that I did not think was going to happen. But um, start the game, he went single, single, walk, single, walk, walk. Yeah. <laughs> to the first six batters. Um, but then he goes pop fly, fly ball, ground out. He does give up four runs, which isn't good, but it could have been a lot worse. Like that could have been a Mike Fultonavich NLDS type inning if <laughs> things kept going the way they were going. But he settles in, doesn't give up another run, um, gets gets pulled out in the fifth inning. But I mean, credit to him because it looked like it was just about to be a disaster. He wasn't going to make it out of the first, and he did. So yeah, I I'm just glad he made it because I was I was really starting to feel bad. But then he settled in. He looked pretty good. So yeah, it was a interesting outing for sure. Yeah, like when you have a rookie like that, you really want him just to get, just to get through that first inning. You know, uh, you know his nerves were were going. Yeah. Um, you know, you can imagine that. And so, um, after the first, I mean, he looked good. Like, yeah, I mean, he uh, he really shined after the first inning, and and he had five walks on the day. And so, you, you're just not gonna succeed like that. Um, but I'm I'm really glad he ended up, you know, settling down a little bit and and you know, getting in a good rhythm. Uh, but it was just too bad. The offense let him down. Um, you know, we had a lot of opportunities uh, left five on base, which is not that much, but a lot of those were ending, uh, inning, end, ending double plays. Yeah. Um, it, just a very, very frustrating game uh, offensively for the Braves. It seemed like when you had runners in scoring position, like nothing was happening. I think we went one for six with runners in scoring position. And so, um, you know, just a very frustrating game, I'd say. Yeah. And they did, they grind into three double plays, which is makes it just seem a lot worse than it probably is, but it, it was definitely frustrating. And they, they kind of grabbed to a lot of double plays the whole series really. So I guess, I don't know. That's just a weird thing that happened, but um, yeah, it was a frustrating game, but you know, after winning the first two, it's not the worst thing in the world. And, the offense, they were so good the first two games. Like, I guess I don't say they were due for this. It's only been two games, but it was fine. Like, I, it wasn't one where I was walked away just like, God, what the hell are they doing? But um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, solid first series. Um, you know, two and one, a lot, lot of better record than they've had in previous years. And hopefully this team can just get off to a hot start because really none of, like, since the Braves have gotten good, it's never been a hot start. Like 2019, I guess 2020, kind of had to start hot to do anything that year and they did that but we all know about last year what they did in 2021 obviously when they didn't get over 500 till august like if they could just be good the whole season why only be good in the final 75 percent of the season just uh start off good and they did that so yeah a uh, couple other things we need to talk about just um nothing on the field but like some transactions really um right before first pitch on opening day rc got extended um, nothing crazy here, but a three-year, $7.3 million extension. He was due to be a free agent after this season. Um, this is fine. I mean, I don't think this is really any indication of the shortstop stuff with him and Grissom or if the Braves think he's going to be the starting shortstop for the next three seasons because this is fine money for a bench player. Like, it's, it's really nothing. It's really just over $2 million a season. I'm fine with it. And um, good for Orlando. Get a little more money. That's always good, but... Yeah, what'd you think about this? Because it was a kind of surprising right before opening day this got announced. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm a fan of this extension. Uh, you know, RC is a, a good utility guy. He's got a great arm. Uh, you know, good clubhouse guy. Looks like he gets along with everybody. 
Um, no problems there. So, you know, I'm a fan of this. It's, it's really cheap and you got a guy that can play multiple positions and, you know, who is a very streaker bat streaky batter in his past. Um, but he's got some pop, man. He can, he can give you 15 to 20, you know, um, not an everyday guy, you know, so I'm, I'm a fan of it. So yeah, no, no complaints there. I think it was a good, a good value signing for the Braves. Yeah, perfectly fine. I mean, even if he, even if he did make a start for the rest of his Braves career and he was going to pay this, it'd be perfectly fine. Like it's barely anything. And, you know, like you said, he's like a good clubhouse guy. seems like everybody likes him, which is important. And um, yeah, and he's not bad either. Like he's like got to a good start this season too. I think he's batting 364 right now and it's only three games, but still a good start for him, especially with a little bit of pressure on his shoulders coming into the season that, you know, a lot of people don't think he should be the starter and um, so good for him all around. Um, Next thing we need to talk about is what happened today to make room for Dylan Dodd to join the team and the 40-man roster. They DFA'd Jordan Luplo, which was very interesting. We talked about Luplo pretty good, a good bit when he got signed um, a few months ago. The reason we talked about him a lot because he was the only major league free agent the Braves signed in the offseason. And he gets DFA'd on April 3rd, which is just super weird. Um I guess I don't know his spring numbers on the top of my head, but I guess he just had a really bad spring. And um, Eli White, like like pretty much everybody played better than him in spring. Like Eli White, he's in AAA, but he raked in spring. Pilar, Hilliard, like all those guys did better than him. And the Braves gave him $1.4 million guarantee, and they're just cutting him loose right now. So I guess he's just did not make a good first impression. And um, yeah, what do you think about that? Because it was just kind of weird that they, that they were just this, like uh, not even hesitant to let him go. So, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I, I think he only had 10 at bats in spring and he had three hits with three RBIs. And so, like, well, you know, he, not... he didn't he didn't have a bad spring. I mean, he yeah. just really didn't play that much. And so, you know, I don't know I if think he else... was hurt at the beginning of yeah. spring. I do remember that now. So that makes more sense. But, yeah, it's still kind of weird. You, you can finish this. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're good. I, it, it is a weird um, transaction to make this early in the season, you know, um, because he is, you know, I, you know, I thought he was considered the fourth outfielder for the Braves. Yeah, me too. Um, so that, you know, this is kind of weird. I guess they, they want to go with Eli white. If, if the scenario pops up, I know he's probably a little better defensively, uh, than Luplo might be. Um, but yeah, just, you know, kind of weird. Um, but, but then again, I am happy to see Dylan Dodd, you know, come up and, and, you know, this, this injury to freed, you know, could be a blessing in disguise. You know, if, if, if Dodd comes up and, and dominates, um, you know, maybe it'll, it, maybe it'll all be worth it. So, you know, you know, happy for Dylan to, to, to see him make his debut tomorrow. Um, you know, he's got really good stuff. He had a great spring. Um, yeah. I mean, to, to see them rolling with Schuster and Dodd is, is going to be very interesting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, with the free thing, uh, maybe giving them another turn to the rotation to uh, impress Ethopolis, Snicker, whoever, is a, not a small thing. Like, they could definitely, you know, just stick, you know, and then not go back down to Gwinnett and just pitch the rest of the season at the big leagues and be the fifth starter. Like, that's happened a few times with the Braves. I know not the same. These guys are at the same level as, like, um, when Freed and Soroka stuck in 2019. But that's what they did with them, and they just rolled entire season through the playoffs. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, injuries are going to happen, too, and it's good to have this depth. Like, you know, we mentioned Elder and Anderson. 
and even Soroka, like he's um, I think he's he might make his first Gwinnett start tonight, I think. Um, but even with those three guys, like we already have one injury. It's not a big one, thankfully, but uh, you know, we're gonna need a lot of starters throughout the year, and the Braves, you know, got some good ones. Like just uh they're not a all aces, obviously, but as your seven and eight starters, you know, these guys are not bad. So it's yeah. pretty good stuff. Um tonight they're in St. Louis. Uh Charlie Morton's pitching tonight, um, Dodd tomorrow, and then I think, yeah. Next uh, game three would be Freed's turn to the rotation. So I guess that might be the Bryce Elder start. I don't know. Um, they haven't announced anything yet, so we're not sure about that. But uh should be a good series. Braves and Cardinals are both pretty good. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a tick up in competition compared to the Nationals. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, you got any more thoughts on the Braves uh, before we move on to the Hawks? Because uh I think we got it all. I mean, not a not a ton happened. Nothing too crazy. We're just kind of getting our feet wet. I'm not really in the. It takes me a minute to get in the baseball like grind, you know. Of when I'm just like I'm in it. I'm in, I'm in the deep end, you know. I'm not there yet. Though. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think I think we covered it all. Uh, you know, take two out of three out of the Nats. You do that, you know, over over the course of the season, you're you're gonna be end up you're gonna end up pretty good. You know, hundred games, hundred plus games. Um, so, you know, off to a good start, you know, hope to keep it rolling against the the Cardinals who, uh, who are also two and one, uh, they've got a good team and, and they're, they're favorites in the central. So, um, you know, a big headliner series this early in, in the season. So, uh, you know, we're going to see what they got. They're going to get right into it with the, with the Cardinals and, uh, yeah, should be a good series. Yeah, for sure. Morton tonight. Um, interesting to see how he looks too, because he's old and wasn't very good last year. So It'd be good for him to get off to a good start also. So, yeah, we can uh, move on out to the Hawks, who you're not going to believe this, Evan, but they're 39 and 39 and have a even point differential with four games left in the season. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Yeah, they got win, a little loss. streak going, which <laughs> all the way back to what? When they got smoked by the T-Wolves, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Win. Yep. So that's a pretty I, impressive streak. I think they're 30. What are they? I think they're 16 and 16 in their last 32 games. And then all the way down, they're at 500. Yeah. Like, yeah. 15 and 15, 14, 14, 13. Yeah. It's insane. Like, it's, oh my gosh, man. I remember the Braves did this in 2021 after the All Star break. I think they went 11 straight alternate, alternating games. So they finally won two in a row. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a weird thing that they're doing, but that's <clears throat> what they're doing. Every time it seems like they're going to fall two under, they just snatch it right back. I like how they did last night against the Mavericks. And I know I've said a lot of bad things about the Hawks this year and how just miserable they are. I couldn't imagine being a Mavericks fan right now. They're about, oh. they're going to miss the play-in after trading for Kyrie Irving. And that's uh, – I saw they might be shutting them down for the rest of the season. Like, it's bad times over there. But they almost blew – they did blow a 15-point lead last night, but they um, ended up force, forcing overtime. Or actually, the Mavericks force overtime on the JaVale McGee uh, foul on the <laughs> lob attempt out of bounds. He split his free throws and took things to overtime where the uh, Hawks won uh, 132 to 130. And they're 39 39. Lost to Brooklyn this week and they beat Cleveland. And also, the Cleveland game was also crazy. I can't, I can't believe they won both these Cleveland and Dallas games because those are just such games that they lose. Like, <laughs> These are the games that they've lost all season, but they kind of pulled them out of the fire. The Nets beat the hell out of them on Friday night, which uh, you don't want to see that. But um, yeah, as of as of right now, they have four games left. 
They play the Bulls tomorrow, then they play the Wizards, and then they play the Sixers and the Celtics. So, I mean, it just looks like like they're going to go two and two. We know that, so we don't need to talk about that. But, like, it's they're pretty much locked into the play-in right now. Um, I don't know if you could explain this to me. It's like, you know, the standing where it shows, like, who's clinched and all that. It's got mm-hmm. the Raptors as clinching the play-in berth. And the Hawks don't when they have identical records. And the Hawks cannot catch the Nets for the six seed. And the Magic, who are the only team that aren't eliminated outside the play-in, cannot catch the Hawks. So I don't know. That's just kind of a nitpicky so, thing. So you, this is this is what it is. So Toronto is locked in because they have the tiebreaker over Orlando. Um, but Orlando has the tiebreaker over Chicago. And so they're saying if we lost all four... Orlando wins all four. Uh, Chicago no, would no. have to be. Oh wait! But no, they could only they could only jump Chicago because the Magic. Even if we lose out and the Magic win out, like we could only lose forty three games max. They've already lost forty four, and we could tie the Nets if we win out and they lose out. But they have the tiebreaker, so they don't really matter. I just know that right. like why, like why, why, you know, why doesn't say we're clinched? I tried to figure it out, but I couldn't. But anyway, they're they're in the play in, like <laughs> they're in the yeah. play in. That's all that matters. Um, right now they're eight, and um, tied with the Raptors, so that could flip. And even the Bulls are only a game back, and uh, they could catch Miami, I guess. But I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, it looks like it's probably going to be Heat Hawks in the first play in game, which keeping the eight seed is pretty important, obviously, because if you lose that game, you have another shot. But um, yeah, they could be nine easily and have a immediate do or die game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's like the third week in a row now where I'm just like it's like I'm just out of energy towards it. <laughs> like it's exhausting yeah, it, basketball to watch. It it really is, and there's not much you can say, dude. They just they they you know pull out good wins and they lose games they should win and. You yeah. know, they just they, it's just so frustrating. But, um, you know, looking at the standings, the Raptors, they've got the Hornets, Celtics, Celtics again, and then the Bucks. So they've got a tough, mm, yeah. uh, tough little, you know, last four games. But it all depends. Um, I'm not sure if these top teams are going to rest players because it looks to me like if Milwaukee wins one more game that they're going to have the top seed clinched yeah. or do they? They already. Uh, they're two close. up right now. I don't know who has their tiebreaker. That's probably important in that. And I think Philly is pretty much locked into three. So yeah, I mean, okay. for so the Hawks, they... it could it could be Celtics and Sixers arresting everybody. So that could be helpful. that could be beneficial. Yeah. yeah. So you know, just keep an eye on the Sixers and the Celtics and the Bucks. Um, kind of see if if you know one wins and the other loses, they could be. Uh, resting players by the end of the end of the season, maybe the last two games or so. Um, so that's something to keep note of. Um, but yeah, we've got the Bucks coming up. Or I'm sorry, the Bulls coming up. Um, the Bulls are fighting for a spot, so they're going to have everyone ready, locked and loaded, going hard, yeah. uh, just like the Hawks. So um, you know, I, I just hope we can keep that eighth seed and and have two shots at getting in. You know, that's that's yeah. that's the best case scenario for the Hawks. Yeah, and it's gonna if they do get out of the play in, it's either Milwaukee or Boston. So. I don't even know who I'd rather want to play, really. I think I would 
kind of think I'd say Milwaukee. I would rather play I think, Milwaukee. I, I think we just play them better. They're a better matchup for us. I think this just remember it off my head. I was playing the Celtics this year. It's never been pretty. And um, we play pretty good against the Bucks this year, especially early. So yeah, I'm not either one's a bad matchup for the Hawks, but um I think I do lean Milwaukee. Uh so I, that would that would uh, mean to not win the first game. Because then you would automatically play the Celtics, assuming they're the two seed. Yeah, but I think they're just gonna they're just gonna try to win. Um, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you don't get to pick at this point when you were this bad or all year this mid, I should say. Um, yeah, beggars can't be choosers, so just try to make sure you're in. And yeah, I'm just like at, at this point, like just get into the playoffs, and I just want to see what happens. I just mean, see what happens. Yeah, because nah, like, that's all I can say. My opinion on the Hawks is that we are built better for longer series than a, just a one game end all. So, yeah. so get in and, you know, you know, some magic can happen, man. Um, you know, I, I think we can make a run. Like I legitimately have been thinking this all year long. Um, just get in and, and just see what happens because, you know, if you get on the right side of that, win, loss, win, loss, win, you're going to, you're going to win the series. And so, that I mean, that's what it all depends <laughs> that's on, a man. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Look at me trying to talk people in yeah. on the Hawks. Like, yeah. I, I, you if know, you, I just you just got to make sure you win game one. Win game one, then you can flip flop the rest of the way, and you'll win the series. So yeah, they just I mean, do that for the whole playoffs to win the finals. Every game mm-hmm. might go seven. Every series might go seven. Yeah, but as long as you win, <laughs> you just got to win the first game of that series and, and, and get off on a good note. I mean, yeah. I, I believe in this team, man. We're deep, and you know, with with Snyder getting more comfortable uh, with rotations and Okongwu, you know, playing good, getting more minutes. Like, I mean, Connor's I, I been awesome. Know. He's been incredible. He has like, been. But Trey and DeJounte, Trey's had a pretty rough stretch. Like, they, they have a chance. If they can play good in these last four games, like three and one or maybe even one all four and just have some good vibes going into this play-in, like, I'll feel – it'll make me feel better. I won't lie. But, I yeah. mean, I'm just playing the heat, man. If it's Hawks Heat seven eight, I just don't have any confidence they're gonna win that game like at all. Like it just, I just can't see it. They the Heat just they own us. They do, man, and and they play <laughs> they play bully ball and they know how to play against Trey Young. Like he struggles against the Heat, man, and they got his number. And you know, I, I we just got to get the eight seed at least, and and just just hold on. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. Yeah, and um, you know, it would be. Like actually hilarious if this Hawks team won that first round series against whoever, if, whether it's Milwaukee or Boston, it'd just be equally as funny. If like, pro- I mean, I think yeah, that's probably the two best teams in the league in my opinion. Like if they beat one of them, it'd just be so funny. After like the season they've had and everything that's <laughs> happened, it'd just be incredible. Just to so, limp in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. limp in like limp in for really the last what forty games, <laughs> really the whole season. Honestly, I mean. Like yeah, it would it would be funny, but um, yeah, I wouldn't count on that. I would not go to Vegas with that one, but uh, yeah, it's interesting times with the Hawks for sure. So, you got any more thoughts on them before we talk about a little bit of Falcon stuff before we uh, get on out of here? Nah, man, we covered it. We covered it. Yeah, we did. And um, four games left. Next, when we record next week, the regular season will be over. So that's uh that's kind of snuck up on me too. I didn't realize we were that close to the end of the NBA season. So yeah, I guess next next week episode will be play and preview of whoever we're playing. So 
look forward to that because I'm sure that game's just gonna, that game's gonna be miserable if it's Hawks Heat, man. Oh my god, I'm not gonna make it through <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about the Falcons now. Um, free agency has cooled off a good bit, but they made a pretty big splash the other day. Um, they got Calais Campbell on a one-year deal. Um, obviously he is not the same Calais Campbell of old. He's still pretty good, but he's he's 36, about to be 37, I think. Um, but he's still pretty good. Not prime, obviously, but you know, kind of like a sneaky, like kind of all-time pass rusher. I mean, 2010's Hall of Fame team and six Pro Bowls, like that's that doesn't come around very often. Um, but yeah, got him from the he was on the Ravens last year, been with them for a few years, get him on a one-year seven million dollar contract. Um, he seems excited to be here. He says that the Falcons could uh, sneak up on some people, which I, that's what we've been saying too. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good signing. Uh, when that came across my timeline the other day, I was excited because it's a big name. Um, you know, he's a I think he's like a really good guy off the field, like a Walter Payton Man of the Year guy. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so yeah, it's a really good signing. I like it a lot. Good veteran presence and like he's just not here to be, you know, the old man who's not going to play and not going to contribute. He still can. He's still got some game. So. I'm excited about this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Big name, uh, veteran. I think he's got 15 years in the league now. Um, you know, he actually got a little bit better later in his career uh, when he was on Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, dude, I love the signing. You know, his last few years, he he's he's been injured a little bit, banged up. So you know, I'm I'm sure he's looking forward to playing some and um, kind of taking the young guys under his wing a little bit and and leading. You know, alongside of uh, Grady Jarrett, you know, that's going to be a, a deadly one-two punch. You yeah. know, both guys can fill gaps and, and you know, kind of keep each other, you know, off some double teams. Um, but, yeah, he, it's going to be a force. This this Falcons D is going to be going to be a force to be reckoned with. I, I think we've got a really good shot, man, at, at winning the division. And, you know, this, this offseason has been, like, perfect. Like, no complaints, yeah. you know. The only thing left is to is to hit the draft, like just hit one or two draft picks. And and, you know, we're looking at running this division for a little while. Yeah. And um, yeah, Campbell, I mean, he's really good. I mean, his football reference page is just very impressive. Um, Some of the sack numbers like back in 2017, his best year, he had 14 and a half sacks, finished second in defensive player of the year voting. Um, That's a long time ago, but still like last year. So put up five and a half sacks in 14 games like Falcons would love to have that. You know, and yeah. him, him and Grady Jarrett, they're going to be great together as long as they, as long as everybody's healthy. Um, but yeah, he can still play. Is I mean, really, ever since he got to the Ravens, he's been the same guy if I could all three years, and the guy was good. So um, I'm excited about this. Probably the most famous guy they saw in this offseason. I know the Jesse Bates probably the biggest, but as far as just like name notoriety, he's the biggest mm-hmm. guy. Um, and I I remember when he hit the hit free agency a few years ago. And end up going to Baltimore. I was one of the Falcons to sign him then, and uh, they didn't, but they did now. So better late than never, I guess. And uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the move. Seems like a great guy, and um, yeah, really, really like it. So last couple things. Um, they got Scotty Miller, which I thought that was kind of fun. You know, uh, always seen him with Tom Brady cooking people. So maybe uh, Desmond Rick can tap into some of that. He's very fast, and uh, just another guy in there to kind of throw him in the slot, see what he can do, and then. Um, Arthur Blank had a he had some kind of weird interview. I didn't see the whole thing, but he said that Desmond Ritter was officially going to be the starter. Um, we all kind of knew that, but um, you know him coming out and saying it was making it official, official. So yeah, uh, Uncle Arthur is a he. He also had some comments on Lamar Jackson and stuff of how him and Deshaun 
Deshaun Watson was different situations. And I was like, yeah, this one's different, but in uh, you know, non-rapist quarterback way. But um, <laughs> so. it, it, he's not wrong. It is different, but it's yeah. kind of questionable. It, it's kind of yeah. questionable that you'd rather go out and, and try to sign, you know, give everything away to sign a guy that's like under investigation and you know hasn't played and you know when yeah. you when you can go out and get Lamar who's you know MVP peak of his career like <laughs> just just very weird very different he's he's not wrong there um but very yeah. weird um but yeah to come out and say Ritter's the starter I know they made an Instagram post and everything is is really cool uh kind of give him some confidence and and you're really flipping the page here moving on to a to a new era um you know hopefully this is the start of something something really great yeah and uh yeah happy for Desmond Ritter like you said it's probably a good confidence boost because you know, he probably had a good feeling that he was the guy, but I'm sure he was looking over his shoulder a little bit with, you know, all the Lamar stuff and then the draft coming up with all the quarterbacks other than that. And doesn't think the Falcons are going to be taking one. So that's good for him. I'm fine with it. I think Ritter, he showed some flashes last year. Probably, I wish he would have played a little more last year and seen a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think he he's going to be good. And um, if he can click next year with everything else the Falcons have done, um, you know, <laughs> things uh things had a chance of going good so yeah i think that's i think we covered it all i think we got to get the hell out of here yeah man first pitch is coming to acuna right now let's see if he hits one out i'm ahead of you oh. i'll spoil it he doesn't <laughs> but uh yeah anyway we gotta we gotta go got some uh, appointment television here so yeah if you uh made it this far listening i uh, really really appreciate it we'll be back next week with another one